On today's Tuesday Talks of the TNT Podcast, we're going to be talking NBA Playoff Edition Part 2. All Game 4, every Game 4 that happened, we're going to go over it. We're going to give my th- I'm going to give my thoughts, opinions. It's going to be uh, functioning a little bit more like a Thursday episode because I know I missed you guys last Thursday. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, let's just get right into it. But before we do, there is 18 days left until the first NFL Sunday, which means everyone listening, I know you guys are all fan of JE11, Julian Edelman. <laughs> Go to J11.com. You have 18 days to go to J11.com and get yourself a sweet tea, a sweet hoodie, some sweet apparel right before the season starts. So head over to J11.com. Use code TMD20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Or go to their Instagram and, again, use TMD20 at checkout. All right, let's do it. back for another Tuesday Talks. Um, like I said, though, this this is a, a Tuesday Talks, but it's going to function more like a thir- regular Thursday episode. It's going to be longer. Um, I missed you guys last Thursday. Again, my apologies. Um, it was just my last, uh, my last week of summer, so just trying to live it up to the full effect here. But we're back. Um, I'm back at school. I'm back in my apartment, back in my, stu- my, my studio, which I'm excited about. Um, Back on the pod, which I'm really excited about, because this past weekend, um, these 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 games fours uh, that happened all over the the playoffs have just been great. Um, there was one real blowout, uh, and yeah, there's only one real blowout, and that happened tonight, which was the Lakers uh, over the Trailblazers, which was they I think the Lakers won by 20, which we'll we'll talk about later. Um, but I'm gonna talk about Sunday's. Um, games, and then we're gonna roll into Monday. And if if pl- possible, I'm gonna give my predictions for the game five uh, that that happened. So right now, let's just get back to that page. That's so long. Um, Sixers Celtics. Uh, like I said, uh, this, my prediction honestly was as a fan, the Celtics were gonna sweep um, the 76ers, but also just as a uh, as a fan of the NBA and just a, a realist here, the Sixers were just depleted. Um, you know, like the entire series it was just, it, it was really, Kemba got better every single game. If, if, if that, that's what it really comes down to is Jason Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown were either both clicking one night and uh, Kemba had, had the, the down night uh, of the three of them. Or it was... Tatum and Kemba, uh, or it was Kemba and Brown. You know, what I mean, so like the three of them, it's just a that's a hard trio to stop because it's they're all three legitimate twenty plus scores on an, on every given night. Um, so I don't know if we talked about this on the last Tuesday uh, episode. I want to say we did because this happened after Game One, but Gordon Hayward going down was um was obviously it sucks but I don't think it's as big of a deal and I think the Celtics have shown that over these past uh this past series cuz Hayward went down after game 1 is that Gordon Gordon Hayward going down obviously it's detrimental to the team but it's more of like a 
it's like it, it honestly is losing your fourth best option on the team. That that's really what Gordon Hayward was. He I throw him into that mix of guards who can go off for twenty any given night, but of the four of them between Kemba, Tatum, Brown, and Hayward, I put Hayum or uh, Hayum uh, Hayward at the bottom of those four. I mean that that's the reality of the situation. So yeah, it sucks because you, there's another option on your team that's not going to probably score twenty plus that night. Um, but it's they 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 went on to show in the the last three games of that series that. Even without Gordon Hayward, they were still combining for 60-plus points every single night uh, between the three of them. And 60 it was the lowest that they combined for. I think game one, they combined for 80 points, the three of them. Game two, they combined for 75 points. Game three, they combined for 60. And game four, they combined for 76. So the three of them are just it's, – it's hard to stop. Like, do you have – a dynamic point guard that can stop Kemba? Do you have a two who can stop Jalen Brown? And do you have a three that can stop Jason Tatum? That's if that's why I think the Celtics are arguably the, the hardest team right now to stop because they're just so deep. Um, I, I, I want to put Marcus Smart in, in with these four because Marcus Smart has been playing great, but his scoring is not there. But he's also another player that, he could go off for twenty plus in a game. He he that's he he's done that before. He's done that. Uh, he did uh, against the Cavs back when it was on the team. I think he had thirty five plus in like a game six and pushed the series to a game seven. He's just he's again he's another person on that team where they're just so they're guard heavy. Yes, and they're small, but their guards are just so hard to stop that I think it's. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm obviously a Celtics fan, but I think they're the they're the hardest team uh, right now to stop. They're they're between Kemba, Tatum, and Brown. Where do you where do you put your attention? Where where do you put your who are you double teaming? Because whoever you're double teaming is is coming from the other two defenders so like who who, who are you going to leave open you know what i mean who are you not going to play as hard uh out of the three of them i don't know it's going to be interesting uh i think it's i think that the honest to god the celtics biggest test is going to be this next series between the raptors i think that that is this that series is going to be fun to watch because both teams are just I think the Celtics have a little more star power, but both teams are they're very good positional teams. They're good across the board. So that that one's going to be uh, an interesting one, and I'm, I'll get into that later. Um, <clears throat> I do want to talk about the 76ers. I, I don't really know. This, this, they're, they're just in like a bad state, the 76ers. Uh, I, I think when you really look... When you look at that roster... And you look at the future of that roster. Like, are are Simmons and Embiid really the the dynamic two you want to go with um, in the future? Like, I think that that's the first thing that needs to be asked because with with those two healthy, I mean, they've they've done better in the regular season, but they haven't. They've won one playoff series in the past. I don't know four years. 
Like, they're not, like, making it that deep, like, in the playoffs. It's not like they're making crazy runs. They're not, like, going to the conference finals. They're barely going to the conference semis. They went to the conference semis last year for the first time. I, I don't know. And, and they're not making finals. So, like, is that really the 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 duo? You know what I mean? They, they're two players who play different positions, but they really they kind of play the same position because <clears throat> – Simmons can't shoot, and Bead can honestly shoot better than Simmons can. And they're both, I guess Simmons is a better ball handler, but he's also their quote-unquote point guard, but he's really not the point guard anymore because they brought in Shake Millen. So, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting combo because, like I said, they're not, like, they're two different positions, but they're, like, they play the same position. They play the low post offense. That's That's their game. Mid-range, maybe. Ben Simmons is still questionable uh, questionable mid-range. So, how do they feed off each other? I think it's... I think the best, they, the best they've ever done is in 2018 when they... Like, that was, that was the best year that the two of them had together statistically. And ever since then, it's just been getting worse. Um, and I think the additions that they added last offseason were just, like, it. they took on the two worst contracts, I think, in, in the uh, in the NBA. It's, uh, it was Al Horford's getting paid $28, 29000000 Like, that's absurd. We had Al for, I don't know, we had him on the season, like, He's getting old. Like, how are you going to give him a $28 million, like a four-year, $28 million contract? He's like 35-plus. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That That's a terrible contract. And then someone who should be better is Tobias Harris, who's on a $32 million contract for, I think, four years. He did nothing in, in that playoff series against the Celtics. Like, was awful. For $32 million, I think he averaged, like, maybe 10 points in, like, six rebounds. I think that's what Ennis Cantor averaged. Uh, and Ennis Cantor played, like, 10 minutes a game. You know what I mean? So, those those contracts on top of Embiid's $27 million, that that's, I don't even know. That's, doing a quick math right now, that's, like, that's, like, 80-something million dollars of cap space between those three players. Who were all healthy in this playoff series, and didn't, but other than Embiid, didn't do a thing. Al was below average. Al and Tobias Harris literally could have done anything else besides what he did, and would have been more helpful. And in the process, they lost Jimmy Butler uh, this past offseason and uh, JJ Redick because they decided to pay Al Horford twenty eight million and Tobias Harris thirty two. Now they fired uh, Brent Brown today. I, I see. I'm I'm not like with like the coaches being a scapegoat, and the coaches always will be a scapegoat. I think that team has it just has a lot of issues internally, uh, which falls on the coach. So I'm not like giving full immunity here to Brent Brown, but he's been there for seven years, or nah, maybe it's been four years, something like that. He's been there a while, and there's been really been no change, which is I don't know. It's it's that that's that's where it falls on Brent Brown is that like Elton Brand has brought in new players. Um, 
Now, granted, the contracts for these players are terrible, but he did bring in at one point Jimmy Butler, JJ. Like that team last year was really a way better team than this year's team. Um, but I don't know. It's just it's hard. You know what I mean, like yeah, that that Sixers team is constantly like all you hear from that team is they have internal problems. Like that's all you hear out of that that locker room. That organization is there's there's problems. So, I don't know. Going fu- going forward in the future, like, Philly, I think they really need to sit back and look at this Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid duo and, like, is this is this what you're going to invest your future in? Because if not, tr- like, what can you get for Ben Simmons? Can you get someone or what can you get for Embiid? Like, who, like you got to decide who you want to go with if this if you're going to not go with this duo. who What are you going to go with to pair the other um, to be more successful, because as bad as Al Horford's uh, contract is and the Tobias Harris contract is, they're great role players. You know, I'm mean? like, I, like I think that those two are really good. Two and I don't know if even I guess two and three. I guess Al Horford could be a three in the league, but they're being paid like they're number ones on the team. So, and they're not. So I don't know. That that's the first thing that uh they have to do is figure out that Simmons and B duo and even if you're going to keep that how are you going to pay Ben Simmons with those contracts so it, like maybe and who are you if you were going to try and get rid of Al Horford and Tobias Harris who are you going to dump those contracts on who wants to take on those contracts I, I don't know they, they're in a rough spot the 76ers and I think Elton Brand is much just as much to blame, if if not more to blame than uh, Brent Brown was, because I think Brent Brown being at all decent with the team he had this year was uh, a success. I, I think Elton Brand kind of screwed Brent Brown personally, but I don't know. That's I'm not a huge 76ers guy. I'm not gonna act like I know everything about them. That I've been following them all year, but I know that. Looking back on their year, they definitely underperformed. Now, Ben Simmons got hurt in the playoffs. You can't account for that, obviously. But even before the year started, those two contracts, Tobias Harris and Al Horford contracts, are absurd. And you're, you you lost already. So, I don't know. that They, they, they got a lot to figure out. The, the 76ers have a lot to figure out going forward. Um, and I think the first thing they need to figure out is, is the Simmons and B duo really what you're, what you're trying to find your success with. Personally, I think no. I think you got to get rid of one because they're they just don't they don't complement each other. They're two star players that play the same position that do the same thing. In reality, one's just seven foot and the other one's six eight. They they they're not that different of players. So I don't know. That's. I, I, and and again, getting back to the Brent Brown thing, I I like I I understand it because coaches are always scapegoats, but I don't know. It's not. I I really don't think this falls on Brent Brown. I think underperforming last year with the team you had, that like if he was going to be fired, it should have been last year, not this year, because Elton Brand kind of screwed him. So. I don't know. That that's all I have in the seventy sixers. I'm not I don't really even like the seventy sixers, but they're in just in a rough spot. So So Philly fans, sorry. Um you guys are screwed for the next like foreseeable future.
I think even when with Ben Simmons healthy, you guys still don't even like. You maybe get one game in the Celtics series, even with Simmons healthy. I, I don't know. That team is just that team would never beat this Celtics team. So who oh, to all those Philly fans that like before the season started thought that you guys were going to beat the Celtics even when healthy? No shot. Um, not a chance. Uh, moving on though, the game of Sunday was the Clippers Mavs game. Um, OT game, obviously, everyone saw Luca's uh, Luca's step back three for the win. Uh, Luca literally went off 43, 13 assists, 17 rebounds. Um, potentially the biggest game for of the playoffs so far because I think game fours um, are always the biggest game in any series because they can always go like turn into like a 3 1. It could be two two. Like it's really, it's really the deciding factor usually in a, a best of seven series. You can put a team away, go down three one, tie it two two. So that's three big states uh, that can that can really happen. I think for the Mavs, who honestly could be up three one if Porzingis doesn't get tossed in game one. I think they, I think they win game one. And then they win last night, and they're at 3-1. So, I, I don't know. I like this Mavs team a lot. And I'm not just saying that because Luka went off last night. I enjoyed watching their team. I think another underrated role, uh, part of this game was the fact that the play, the players who stepped up with Porzingis uh, being gone. You had Tim Hardaway with 21 points. You had Trey Burke. With 25 points, and you had Seth Curry with 15 points. Huge, huge games. The the, the Mavs do not win this game. That doesn't matter if Luka has that stat line. The Mavs do not win, win this game without Trey Burke, who came up huge in overtime. Uh, I think he had more points than Luka did in overtime. Uh, Seth Curry hit up some some um, like clutch shots. And Tim Hardaway also hit some clutch shots. So I don't know. I like this I like the Mavs team. I think that there's like I think if Porzingis stays healthy this whole series and doesn't get tossed and isn't a late scratch from the game four, <clears throat> that they're easily up in this series three one against this Clippers team. This Clippers team is just they're just not there. Like it's it's and I don't want to put it all on Paul George, but he's just he has not been Paul George. Game one is the only Paul Paul George esque game he's had uh, this series. He twenty seven points. He shot ten for twenty two. Just under like forty seven percent. Then game two he is fourteen and ten, four for seventeen. Paul George can't have those numbers. He just can't. If you if you're the second guy on the team, you cannot have those numbers in the playoff series against a decent team. Luka puts up 30 and Porzingis puts up 30. And that's why this Mavs team is competing. Is because the two, Porzingis when healthy, is putting up 30. 
in the game four. You're, you're two, whoever you want to do, Tim Hardaway and Trey Burke combined for 50. That, that That's your equivalent of a, of a Porzingis, those those two combined. So the the, the two has really been screwing the, the, the second best player or the second or third best players have really been determining this series because Luka's been killing it for the Mavs every game. Kawhi has been killing it for the Clippers every game. But it's those that two through like the second and third best players on the team have not been there for the Mavs. Tim Hardaway has been very consistent. Twenty pretty much every game so far this this series. Uh Porzingis thirty five when he when he plays. Luca thirty when he plays. So after um Kawhi on the Clippers, it's like who else? It's like who is who's stepping up for them? Lou Will has had two good games this series. Half the series he's played good. But Paul George, game two, like I said, fourteen rebounds. I mean fourteen points, ten rebounds on four seventeen shooting. Game three, eleven points, three for sixteen shooting. Game four, nine points, three for fourteen shooting. Just non existent. And he's supposed to be one of the best players in the league not even just on the team in the league and he's putting up nine points in a game four playoff game that is like it i don't know that's that's i don't want to say like the the main reason why this clippers team is losing but it's a it's a hundred percent like a big reason why and like i said paul george is balling this series game one 29 points 12 rebounds shooting 52 percent game two 35 points uh, 10 rebounds, 47%. Game 3, 36 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 50, shooting 54%. Game 4, 32 points, 9 rebounds, 45%. So if the Clippers somehow lose this series and the Mavs, and Porzingis comes back for games, whatever, the f- foreseeable future, it is not on Kawhi at all. Kawhi has done everything he can, averaging 30... 32 points a game, probably. I don't know. My quick math is terrible. But, like I said, there's no there, like, there's no second fiddle to Kawhi in this series. It's literally just Kawhi and, like, maybe Lou Will. Definitely not Paul George in the last three games. And just, like, hoping for, like, a collective team effort. Game one, PG, Paul George was there. 27 points. Paul George-esque game. Game two, Lou Williams, 23 off the bench. Okay. They lost that game, though. Game three, they win, and the whole starting five had over 10 points. So that's a collective team effort. And then, there's, but, like, there's no third. What I'm getting at is that, is that there's no third, like, option. Like, there's only been a, a, maybe a second option for this Clippers team. Whereas... Mavs, you have Luca, you have Porzingis, vice versa. Maybe they switch. Porzingis outscores Luca, whatever. Those are their two, and then Tim Hardaway. Like th- that's been the solid three for that Mavs team the entire series. There has not been a solid, even two players on this uh, Clippers team. It's always like, like I said, maybe it's Paul George, maybe it's Lou Williams, or maybe it's the whole starting five is over ten. Like there's no. There's no consistency at that two, the second player and the third player for this Clippers team. By far their biggest downfall. 
And I think, honestly, when Porzingis healthy, I just, I really think that this Mavs team is up 3-1. I think they proved that they can beat, um, they proved that they can beat the Clippers without a guy who puts up 30 points for them in this series. And they should have won game one and he doesn't get tossed. So, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be shocked if the Mavs somehow pull this out. Honestly, I'm kind of rooting for the Mavs to pull it out. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. That's a bold. I honestly, I, I'm i hoping that it does happen. Because I don't think the Clippers deserve to win it. I think Kawhi deserves to win it because he's averaging 33, 32 points a game for his team. But no one else in the Clippers besides... Kawhi deserves to win it. Um, and I also want to point out on that possession, the Luca uh, game winner. That is that's on Kawhi Leonard. You cannot switch on that possession. I talked about it with my brother uh, right after it happened. I don't care if I'm Doc Rivers, and Kawhi Leonard should know this. There is one person getting the ball with three seconds left in the game on the line of that Mavs team. And it is not Maxia Kleba setting the screen on Luka Doncic. So if you're Kawhi Leonard, you cannot switch that screen and put Reggie Jackson on uh, Luka. It's just you can't do that. You, that's exactly what the Mavs wanted. So, at, I don't know. I, I kind of put that game on Kawhi, that possession on Kawhi. Maybe not the game, but you put the... Luca's also balling out, but I put that uh, that possession on Kawhi. He he messed up that uh, that inbounds play. He shouldn't have switched. If anything, you double Luca, and you send someone someone else, whoever's guarding Trey Burke or uh, what's his name, Dorian Finney-Smith, whoever's guarding him, you send him at Maxi uh, Kleba, dry, rolling to the paint. You know what I mean? Like, there's other options that they messed up. The Clippers choked that last possession. They had that game won. Kawhi messed up. Doc Rivers messed up. They they just messed up that that possession. So, and they're vulnerable. That's a vulnerable Clippers team right now because Paul George is not is not having consistency at all throughout the series. So. I I think the Mavs deserve to win it. I think Luca and the Mavs they played. What um, as well as you could play without their star, and they won that game. So, I'm in on the Mavs. Um, I, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers win it. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the Mavs win it. And I'm kind of rooting for the Mavs to win it. I bet you now that I just said that the Clippers are gonna ball out and they're gonna win it all. But this Mavs team is uh, they're 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 a really good team, and I think if Porzingis is healthy. Uh, going forward, it's gonna they're gonna be tough to stop. So that's that's my prediction. If Paul George can't get it going, the Mavs have the advantage. And if Porzingis plays today, which because this is on a Tuesday now, if they if he plays this next game, I think the Mavs have the have the upper hand the rest of the series. Um, all right. Before I jump into the the next uh, Toronto Brooklyn sweep, I want to give a take a quick timeout and talk to you guys about the anchor app all right getting into the uh the brooklyn toronto series it, no real shock here 
Uh, I think I don't think anybody was in the world uh, if if you had put money on the Brooklyn Nets to win the series, then you're just an idiot and you should never gamble. Um, no one no one thought that the Brooklyn Nets were gonna be uh, the Toronto Raptors, but I will say this about this Brooklyn team. This this team is going to be very good next year. Uh, clearly, they didn't have any of their stars. They they literally didn't have their entire starting five going down to the bubble. Uh, or yeah, no, I, they had one. They had Karis Levert. He's their only starting starting member on that team. Uh, they're missing Kyrie, Kevin Durant, literally two players who could win you a championship right there. Uh, Joe Harris, who I'm pretty sure got injured. And DeAndre Jordan. That that in itself is a championship at, uh, winning team. But I think that the bubble was actually a pretty big success for this Brooklyn team because I think Harris Levert found uh found us proved himself a a serious contender in this league. And I think he's a dynamic scorer. He can be a great playmaker. Uh, he's a d- above average defender. Uh so he, I think he he proved himself. He he carried this team every night. It was it was like if if Kara Silver had a bad night, the Brooklyn Nets were losing by 20. But I also think like players like Tyler Johnson, uh Allen and Temple all stepped up and they're going to be great role players next year. I Jared Allen might even take the starting job from uh DeAndre Jordan. I honestly think he he's more effective uh than DeAndre Jordan personally but that that's uh next year so the future's bright for um brooklyn i think this whole bubble experience was a pretty big success for them honestly even though they lost majority of their games i still think it was a uh, success and they found um some great role players i think so i don't know that they're, they're we're gonna be talking a lot about the brooklyn nets next year when they're fully healthy um but Toronto swept them. Uh, like I said, not really a, a shock there. Uh, I think the Raptors are the second most, the, the second deepest team, uh, and they don't even really have any stars. Which is like I kind of like that about the Raptors is that they're just a, it like a above average team across the board at every position. Um, I I think that. The Celtics Raptors series is going to be like a it's going to be a series of just it's going to be a great series because like the, there's not going to be like a lack of play anywhere across the board like the subs coming into the game are are all going to be good players on both teams um there's not, like it's going to be hard to find an advantage cuz like usually when I don't know I take like I watch it tonight uh the the Lakers starting five dominated the the Portland Trailblazers are starting five. But as soon as the Lakers start making subs, then it's like, okay, well, here, like, now now this Portland starting five is going to start to, like, make a little bit of a comeback, which they did. But I think in this Raptors-Celtics series, like, that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, who's coming off the bench for the Celtics? Who's coming off the bench for the Raptors? Like, they're, they're all players that can, could be starters on that team. They're, they're decent. They're, they're great positional role players coming off the benches. So I think that that's going to be a really entertaining series. I think the Celtics um, still have the upper hand because they have more star power. Um, 
I think Kemba is has the advantage over Lowry. I think Jalen Brown has the advantage over um, Ananobi. I think that's his name. I forgot. Uh, I think Pascal Siakam Tatum is going to be a great uh, matchup to watch, but Pascal Siakam might not even be guarding Tatum. I don't know. He probably will because they're probably both going to be playing the force. Um, and then I think the Toronto has an advantage with their big man. I think Marcus Sol is a better offensive big man than Tice or um, Ennis Cantor. He's just a bigger body. He's a bigger frame. He's going to be harder to handle. Um, but they, the Celtics prove that they can have somebody go off for 30 against them and they can still win, which is, I think, I've been saying ever since that Bucks game is that as long as the Celtics can stop the other four guys on the team who who aren't, and by the way, Marcus Sol's not even a, a Joel Embiid type player. Could he go off for thirty? Yeah, he could, but he's he's older. He's older now. He's not like, uh, he's as young. Uh, so, I I think the Celtics just have an advantage uh, in this series. I could also see though Toronto like not winning but stealing. Like I could see this going to a game seven, maybe that that that's probably a little bit of a stretch. But the Toronto Raptors are deep. Uh, they're a deep team. So. I don't know. It's gonna be a good series. I like. Don't be shocked if this is like a, a six game series. Don't be shocked if it's a game seven series. But don't be shocked if I'd be really shocked if the the Celtics lost. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that series. It's gonna be a fun one to watch. Obviously, Celtics are. This is me as a biased fan. Celtics are still gonna win in four. Uh, I think I honestly think that they just had the star power advantage. Like I said, I I don't think that the there's. If Tatum's going off, you double-team Tatum, you get the ball out of Tatum's hand, Kemba can go off, Jalen Brown can go off. So, I don't know. That's that, that's where I'm at with the Celtics. I still think no one can stop them, really. Um, but we'll see. Toronto's going to be a good test for them because Toronto's so good positionally across the board that there's it's going to be hard to find advantages like an ex- exploit defenders on that Toronto team. So, we'll see, but I still think the Celtics have the advantage. Um, Moving on, Jazz-Denver. I had a crazy cold take. Uh, Then I was proved wrong ever since I made this take. Uh, I said Denver was going to be way better than Utah. And that has been proven so wrong Uh, ever since my, my take there. I honestly think that this has been the best series in the playoffs so far. Maybe that Clippers Mavs uh, are still waiting, but like every game in this series is close. And I think that Utah is just outperforming Denver like by like a smidge. But Denver definitely is not like by a mile uh better than Utah like I said they were. So that was immediately uh I, I take I, I take I know I was just wrong I'm not gonna take it back um, I was wrong on that take but Sunday night the 10 o'clock game or 9:30 depending where you are uh, Murray had 50 and Donovan Mitchell had 51 first I don't know they, they they broke a bunch of records I guess I don't know first people to play against each other both going off for 50 in like maybe ever or a few years but 
I think the real key in this series is that Jokic has like been. He hasn't been like the Jokic. He wasn't like. I don't know. He he hasn't been Jokic. Like he's been kind of Jokic, but not like the uh, like a really good Jokic. If that makes sense, he's just not. Um, he's not the biggest factor, I guess. Like I guess the. Kind of like I was talking about the Celtics. Like, they can let a guy go off for 30. They can let Jokic go off for, like, 25. Because, like, that's really all he's going to get. He's not shooting that great. Uh, he's he's just not, like, he's not really been the driving force on that Denver team. It's really been Jamal Murray. Uh, the is, And it seems like that Denver team ha- or is really only having success when Murray is having success. Uh, so, I don't know. That's... This game five, I think the Jazz close it out. I think Donovan Mitchell is just too tough to stop. He's every game, he's not had a down game this entire series. He's just been so, so good and so hard to stop uh, for this Denver team. And I, if they can't find an answer, uh, I think Rudy Gobert is also a very underrated offensive player. Uh, and I, I think Jokic also has. The potential defensive player of the year playing him, but um, I don't think Jokic has done that great of a job of limiting Rudy Gobert on the offensive end. I think every time I watch the game, it's like the the Jazz are trying to feed Rudy Gobert because no one can stop him. Like he's just so big, and if they somehow do double team him or get the ball out of his his hands, it somehow winds up in uh. Donovan Mitchell's hands, who's like wide open for an open three, so I don't know. And they got uh, the the Jazz have uh, what's his name back, Mike Conley. They have Mike Conley back, so I think the Jazz closed the series out. Um, I think Denver under underperformed outside of Jamal Murray. I think they're they're also injured. No Gary Harris, no uh, Burton. So, but I think Jokic has not been as big of a factor as he's needed to be in this series. Like, don't get me wrong. He's been a great second player, but Jokic is usually the number one on that team. Uh, I think for this team to really, if they turn it around, it will be because Jokic has 30-plus in, in Game 5. I think that's the only way they're winning. And Jamal Murray also has 25-plus. Uh I think Jokic is at his best when he's scoring because that means he's attracting more of the defense. I think with him, he's and that's the other thing too. He's, he's he's putting up numbers, but he's not putting up like playoff numbers where okay he he needs the ball. The ball has to get out of his hands, so we have to dedicate more defenders on him. Like and that's when Jokic is at his best because when he's attracting more defense, obviously that's when he becomes a playmaker. He can start diming people. He can start throwing those no look passes to his wide open teammates like. That's when Jokic is at his best, and he just hasn't been that in this series. I think Rudy Gobert has done a great job of limiting Jokic uh, being a playmaker. But, again, I think if the only way Denver turns this around is if Jokic really steps it up uh, in Game 5. So, that was it for the Sunday games. Um, and now, I think we should jump into the... Uh, the uh, Monday games. Sorry, I was itching my eye. I have one of those like moments. But um, uh, Rockets Thunder series tied two two. Big again, another uh, another series that like a huge swing 
with a with this game four win for the Thunder. Thunder did only win by three points, but still, uh, it was it was one of those games where uh, it was just like down the stretch, Houston just didn't perform. You know the the Thunder they just hit shots down the stretch. Uh, I did only catch because I had a class. I did only catch like the past or the last like five minutes, but like. The, the Thunder literally did not miss in, like, their last, like, five possessions. They converted, like, five out of six of their last possessions. So, Chris Paul I'm pretty is balling. Like, he's – this this Thunder team looks like uh, – they look like they did before – like, right before they uh, – the season ended like this this is where they're at it's like they're that team that like you look at the roster and you're like okay no way this team's gonna be good and then here they are they're competing and beating the the wounded rockets now that's the other thing is like the the rockets are without uh mvp russell westbrook like he's, he's not playing so uh gotta take that into consideration but Really, this game comes down to the the benches. Like the this this uh this Rockets team is just not deep. This Rockets team has their starting five, everyone playing thirty plus minutes a game, and then one guy off the bench playing thirty two minutes, and then the other two combining for twenty four minutes. Whereas this Thunder team, everyone. Four players coming off the bench, and Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench with 30 points. Jeff Green came off the bench for the Rockets with 10 points. He was the highest scorer. The bench outscored. The Thunder bench outscored the uh, Rockets bench by 20-plus points. So that that's the difference maker in this game. Uh, and I think the Thunder are just they're deeper. And, and which honestly is like seeming to be a trend in this playoffs is like who is a is like the deeper team like who who has more guys that can be counted upon to to perform in these playoffs because the starting fives are gonna be they're gonna I think everyone's gonna play like around thirty minutes a game in the starting five but who's gonna come off the bench and who's gonna keep it going you know what I mean uh, I think that that just throughout the playoffs in general but specifically this game is like really uh is really showing where teams are having success uh the rockets were up 2-0 in the series too that's another thing is that game three of this series went uh to ot i'm pretty sure and james Harden fouled out and chris paul took over uh chris paul's kind of taken over the last two he's he's pretty much dominated these uh these last uh, two games here. What do you have? Twenty six and uh, three assists and six rebounds. So, yeah, he, Chris Paul has kind of taken over. Uh, James Harden still doing James Harden things. Uh, but outside of James Harden, it's like there's there's really Eric Gordon twenty three points. Um, that's and then D House Junior twenty one. So it was a close game. I'm not saying that the Thunder blew out the the Rockets here. I, I kind of how I'm making it seem, but it was a close game in that it it shouldn't be though. That's that's the problem is that these uh these four or five 
this this matchup here is just it, like I honestly thought that the Rockets had this one in the bag when they're up two zero. I was like they're gonna sweep the Thunder, which wasn't a shock, but I've been saying it since the restart started. This Thunder team is a team that just is a great is a good team. Like the the players on this team know their role. Uh, Gregorius Alexander. Uh, double double, eighteen and ten, or yeah, eighteen and twelve, but he underperformed the first two games. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it was two and three. I know he half the series he kind of hasn't been there, but I think if he can step it up, and Chris Ball can continue putting up twenty plus a game with maybe a few more assists, and just being the the leader that he is. This this team is really uh they're a tough they're just a tough team. It it I think really it comes down to Dennis Schroeder. You notice that the last two games that they win Dennis Schroeder but has has thirty. So obviously uh Dennis Schroeder is could could be a starter on this team I, like but. I think he's better coming off the bench because, again, like I said, that I'm going to bring up that Portland Lakers uh, thing. Like, who's coming off your bench? You know, who's providing that? Uh, who who's making sure that there's not that down period of like a few minutes where like you're you're plus minus, you're like you're losing when the bench comes in. You know, like so I think that's why Dennis Schroeder comes off the bench, and the role he plays for this team is is really the difference maker in these last two games. So my prediction is that I don't know. Series is tied two two. If if the Thunder can keep it up and keep playing the same way they've been playing the last two games, uh James Harden could go off for forty and I still think the Thunder win. I think the the Thunder uh if they can maintain the way they've been playing for the next two three games they win the series but if if you see a fall like i think harden's 32 become more valuable than uh than not so i'm gonna go houston wins this series but it, i i could see this going to a game seven i really could uh that's that's my take on on this no you know what i'm a thunder i i'm gonna go thunder i'm gonna go thunder take this in seven games Unless uh, Westbrook comes back. If Westbrook comes back, it's over. But if if Westbrook doesn't come back, uh, Thunder got this in seven. Going to be the first uh, seven-game series. Then we had today with the Bucks Magic. Um, that was a... Uh, uh, like another game that's just like no, like you're not surprised. Milwaukee won 121, 106. Uh, they're gonna win the series. Not much to be said here. Um, Giannis is kind of dominating. The Magic had that one upset. Uh, Vucevic still dominating this series, which is very surprising. I think he's averaging like 30 a game. Uh, so not surprising. He's Vucevic is a proven veteran. Uh, and I think that that. Like I said, that that Bucks team is is vulnerable, and I just don't think. I think they're they're vulnerable, but they're not vulnerable at that position. 
Uh, I think they're more vulnerable. Like, you need some guards to dominate this game, not Vucevic, who's your center. You know, like, they got Lopez and Giannis down low. So, I, but I think this Bucks team is vulnerable. But they're getting better. Uh, obviously, they won three in a row. But it's also the Magic, who are 33 and 40 in the regular season. And, like, the eighth seed barely getting into the playoffs. And, like, competing with one other team for a playoff spot. So, um, I don't think that this win, this series win, is, like, big at all for the Bucks. And, honestly, the fact that they didn't sweep is still concerning. And I, I honestly don't think... The Bucks are as big of a threat anymore. And I don't think anybody really is thinking that anymore because I think everyone thought this was going to be like an easy sweep and it's still like you're still letting the Magic put up 100 points on you. I don't know. I'm, I'm not impressed with the Bucks. Have not been impressed with the Bucks since they entered the bubble. Regardless of what uh, their, their, their record says in the bubble, I just haven't really been impressed with them. So that's that's where I'm at with the Bucks. Uh, they're gonna win the series, but not really impressed with them. Uh, then we have Pacers Heat, another sweep. Uh, the Heat swept the Pacers. Honestly, I was a little shocked about this one. I thought the Pacers were had a lot had a lot of momentum going into the playoffs, but it just goes to show you that this this Heat team is just they're a good team like they're another deep team in this playoffs and that's what's making the difference the uh the difference between them being the Pacers they're just they're a deeper team than the Pacers were you know like the Pacers are like six guys and then after that it just falls off whereas the Heat they play 10 guys and their second five is Kelly Olenek Derek Jones Jr. Andre Iguodala uh Done in Tyler Hero. The stat line for those guys 11, 2, 5, 7, and 16. The stat line for the uh, the Pacers bench Doug McDermott with three points. Jakar Sampson, six minutes, zero points. E. Sumner, 10 minutes, zero points. A. Holiday, 13 points. Or 13 minutes, zero points. That's that's that is literally just the series, right there in a nutshell. There's no bench for the Indiana Pacers. They're literally a starting five team only, and T.J. Warren was not T.J. Warren this series. He was not the bubble T.J. Warren. Uh, he he started off in the regular season bubble or whatever you want to call it to restart the playing games. Uh, and it was averaging like he had those two like fifty forty five point games, and after that, literally just fell off. So. In hindsight, looking back on it, I thought the Pacers were gonna maybe going to steal one or two. I did think the Miami Heat were going to win uh, regardless. But I thought the Pacers, they definitely uh, underperformed by not stealing a game at all uh, in this series. But, yeah, I don't know. And, and that's the other thing, too. Is this just goes to show how good the Miami Heat team this is. Jimmy Butler played 23 minutes with six points, and this team still won. When Jimmy Butler only has six points in a game and has an off night like that, uh, and they win, that that just goes to show how good of a team this is. So, I don't know. The I think that that series is going to be interesting. The, the Heat Bucks is going to be an interesting series. My prediction for that series. 
Bucks probably, but like the Heat are gonna give them the Heat are gonna steal a few games. I think Butler Middleton is gonna be the matchup probably. Gordon Hayward, uh, I mean Gordon Hayward, Gordon Dragic, uh, and Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Bam Adebayo is probably gonna guard Giannis. Uh, maybe Jay Crowder guards him though. I don't know. That's it's whoever's guarding Giannis is gonna be uh, I I say they probably put Jay Crowder on him because he's more of a Bam's more of an offensive threat. So you want to save the energy for Bam, but I think outliers in this um that the Heat bench is the biggest outlier in that this Bucks uh Heat series coming up. If the Bucks win, which they probably will, the the if the Heat's bench can perform. And put up like the numbers they've been putting up over these this series, and continue that. They're gonna have a real advantage against the Bucks team. Uh, Andre Gudala, Finals MVP coming off the bench. Playoffs. Don't be surprised if. Uh, I think that this out bench is gonna outperform him, and I think Jimmy Butler is gonna hold his own against Chris Middleton. I think if Duncan Robinson can keep shooting the way he's been shooting, he shot one for seven tonight from three. Not that great, but this whole this series he's been shooting great. Uh, Gordon Drogic, I think, wins that ba- uh, that battle against Eric Bledsoe. Uh, I think Giannis wins whoever he's winning against, whoever he goes against, Jay Crowder. Uh, Bam against uh, Lopez. I don't. That's a toss-up. I really don't know. Lopez. Lopez is the type of player that can go for 30 points or can also in like four rebounds. It can also go for like a three in like two rebounds. So, and I, I honestly, I just haven't seen how to buy you play uh, enough. So we'll see. Um, going to be a good series though. Don't be surprised if the Heat steal some games in that series. Uh, that was the, the third game of the day, and the last game of the day, which uh, I've already I've mentioned a few times, was this uh, Portland Lakers series. I don't know; it's it's slipping from Portland. I thought Portland had a shot at one point, um, but then you know I watched these last two games, and I, I think Dame has just been like he looks exhausted. That that's really what it is. Dame just looks exhausted. He's he's hurt hurt finger whatever it is he just really looks exhausted uh he he, that i don't know that drive just like doesn't and i'm not hating on dame because obviously what dame getting his team to the playoffs is in its in itself uh successful enough for this whole this whole year but i think i think it sucks because they had to go up against the best team in the west uh the most the the most star-studded power in the west uh but I I don't know this this Lakers team turn had uh, and I'll give credit to this Lakers team they've turned it on these last two games they've really uh, LeBron's been a different beast these last two games I know last game he had like a, almost had a triple double this game he had thirty ten and six so but I don't know it's uh, I I thought I, there was gonna be I thought the series was gonna be a little closer than it's at right now three one. I thought it was going to be closer than that. I, I I thought the Lakers were going to win, but I thought this was going to be a closer series. And it's just as we keep going here, uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's going to be that way. 
This game in particular, though, I literally just got done watching it, like, 30 minutes ago. Uh, I thought the Portland Trailblazers kind of got screwed. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the foul ratio evened out by the end of it, but I know in the first half when, like, at one point it was, like, 13-2, to two, the foul ratio, Portland, in the first, like, quarter or two. Like, they had a ton of fouls. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the stats right now. The Lakers bench combined for 6, 12, 14, 15, 18 of the 28 fouls. And the Lakers starting 5 combined for 10 of them versus the Trailblazers starting 5 combined for 18 of their 27 and the bench combined for 9. So that 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 pretty much explains my, my comment before is that early on in the game the the Lakers had a lot of calls going for them that I thought were all kind of bogus calls. Uh, I thought the Lakers were getting a lot more whistles in the first half, and then by the time it was out of reach, uh, and the Lakers had their subs in, they, they were getting uh, the Trailblazers were getting more calls, but. Dame left the game, uh, right knee injury. Who knows if he's gonna come back? I bet he comes back because it's Dame, but uh, I I don't see the Trailblazers come back. Uh, they're all, the 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 Trailblazers are also they're just not shooting good. You know I mean, Melo one for six from three. Like Melo couldn't hit a shot in the first quarter. Dame uh, three for nine. You know, Dame's kind of he's been putting up like yeah he's been putting up thirty a game, but he's like. I don't know. It's just not there for Dame. It's something's up with Dame, and I don't know. I think he's just exhausted. That that that's what I'm gonna chalk it up to is that he's just exhausted. So, um, yeah, that's that's really. There's nothing more to be said about this. Uh, Anthony Davis has been underperforming for this series. He's had one good game. That that's that's been uh not a bright spot because I'm a Celtics fan here, but like looking at this Lakers team, that's like been their weakest area has been Anthony Davis. 18 and 5 today. You know, only 18 minutes of play, but like the first few games, AD was just not really like that consistent. Uh, and then game three, he kind of broke out. Finished with like 30 something. LeBron had like 10 points and 10 assists. And then last game, I think AD had 28 and LeBron had 30. So, uh, I think this Lakers team is just getting better uh, every game. I think they took a big break. As soon as they, they clinched the number one seed, they kind of mailed it in for the rest of those playing games. And now I think the first two games, everyone, Portland, they split. And everyone's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, oh, whoa, this this is going to be serious. But in reality, the Lakers are just playing games again. Like, they're getting, they're getting the chemistry back. They're getting the rhythm back. And I don't think this is uh, – I think they they beat whoever they play next to. Who they who are they gonna play next? The winner of Rockets Thunder, like or uh, the Jazz Denver. Like I think they they roll over any of those teams. So they're getting better uh, with every with every game they play. They're getting more consistent. So I hate saying that. That actually kind of hurt to say because uh, I hate the Lakers, but. 
Uh, I I just expected more fight out of this Trailblazers team for the through the push that they made to get into the playoffs to lose four one. I don't know. I I expected more fight, but um, there's still potential for it. It's only three one, but my prediction is the Lakers uh, win next game. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh that's gonna wrap up the Tuesday talk. I know this Tuesday talk went on. For a long time, but I had a lot to cover, and I figured uh, I, I missed you guys with the last Thursday's episode, so which is usually the hour-long episode. I'm probably I'm gonna be back, honestly, kind of flirting with the idea of maybe going Fridays instead of Thursdays. Uh, so if I don't go Thursday this week, I'll I'll be going Friday. I just want to test it out, see. I feel like I, there's not enough time passes between these two episodes for uh, both episodes to be like, available, I guess, to you guys. But um. Yeah, uh, don't forget to, if you made it this far, don't forget to uh, unsubscribe, resubscribe, whatever you're listening to this on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, just subscribe, unsubscribe and then resubscribe. Uh, again, helps the podcast. I don't know why. Um, and, yeah, no real other podcast news. Um, just just sports, baby. Uh, I'm ready for the NFL to come back 18 days away. Like I said, head over to j11.com. Um, but if you're not a Pats fan, he still just got some sweet gear. Go ahead over there. Uh, I don't know how you're not a fan of Julian Edelman, but yeah, um, I think that I think that's all I got. Uh, I'm excited for these next this next playoff round too. I think that's gonna the, the NBA. I think has just been so fun to watch. NHL's actually been pretty fun to watch. I've been keeping up with that. Uh, I'm gonna talk about that on Thursday. So. With that being said, I will see you guys on Thursday and/or Friday whenever I. Uh, We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. You'll see me. You'll hear from me again later this week. All right. Peace.